It's the Brian and Jen podcast. She is the exceptionally talented and gorgeous Jennifer Horn, a.k.a. your conservative Crusader. And he is the handsome, charming, and funny, lovable liberal Brian Whitman. Both so far negative for coronavirus. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Well, yeah, so obviously, yes, thank God. Yes. I mean, thank goodness and all. Uh, thank the Lord. And by the way, I love this new social distancing setup with you where we actually don't have to share a room together anymore. Yeah, Jennifer. We it, should implement some of this stuff moving forward. Moving forward. You mean <laughs> after the pandemic right. is is uh, done with. President Trump uh, said uh, just this week that um, – he believes that uh, the current uh, guidelines for living life in place, and that includes uh, the social distancing, et cetera, and don't get within six feet of another human being. Don't go out to dinner. Anywhere. Don't no. do it. Don't bowl. Don't go to an arcade. No. That would be th- but, really uh, the source of all problems. And that'd be very nineteen eighty five of you to go to an arcade. That's right. 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 A bad idea on the movies. Oh, bad. Yeah, well, the, uh, A lot of theaters are just shutting down. All over the country. Sure. Here, in, here in Southern California in Los Angeles, Jennifer and I do a morning radio show in Los Angeles, L.A. County. And uh, the city of Los Angeles have, have ordered movie theaters closed. Yeah, both the city and the county of Los Angeles have movie theaters, restaurants closed unless they do delivery or pickup service. You can still drive through. We know you're the fast food connoisseur. So, whoo, we averted that one. Yeah, because I really was beginning to think this is going to mean I, I don't eat. Concerts, uh, sporting events, everything has been shut down. And you and I have been talking about this. Craziest time I, I think I've ever witnessed in my life. Now, we didn't live through the Great Depression. We're a little younger than that. Not much, and, and but not, a little. Kids. Yeah, right, sure. But, you know, this for me, the only thing I can think of, and I don't think that you were in L.A. quite yet, but the Los Angeles riots when when Mm -hmm. Rodney King uh, got beat up by the police officers and then he uh, the I mean, the whole city was really shut down. The verdict was so controversial and the city was on fire. Yeah, literally, I had people coming. I mean, my school was closed down. The schools were closed down. Retail was closed down. Everything was closed down because of the fear of looting and violence. And that was scary. But that lasted for two or three days. Right. And then things kind of got back to normal. We have uh, globally a pandemic, a World Health Organization last week reclassifying uh, COVID-19, also known as coronavirus, as a pandemic as opposed to an epidemic. That's an upgrade in seriousness in, in, in exposure, mm-hmm. uh, pandemic implies uh, continent, various continents, Covering the world, the planet, whereas an epidemic is well, for example, it's a broad spread when it's a pandemic. That's right. For example, we would hear epidemic. It was said during the campaign, focus on New Hampshire, the opioid crisis epidemic in New Hampshire, or the opioid crisis epidemic in America. It's not a global problem, or at least, although they, who knows, at some point, maybe that'll be revised. But uh, COVID-19 was a pandemic, excuse me, an epidemic in mainland China, certainly where it began, uh, now a, 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 an epidemic then, now a global pandemic. And the, the president has, has offered, the federal government has offered these guidelines and the social distancing. And we'll talk more about that. We'll hear from famed immunologist, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who speaks about social interaction and the social distancing that uh, no doubt very seriously here on the Brian and Jen podcast has made your neighborhood 
a different place Much in, different. in many ways. I, I know that's true for Jennifer and I know – And our daily routine. That's right. I mean many kids are home from school. If you're a parent, you've got to, to deal with child care. Maybe your office has decided to transfer you to working from home or maybe – God forbid, maybe some of us just don't have the opportunity to work if we're working in certain industries. I think this is kind of interesting. There's a new poll that's out from ABC News. It says two-thirds of Americans are concerned that they or someone they know will be infected with the coronavirus. Now, it's kind of interesting to note that this, <laughs> even this is not exempt from politics because they asked Democrats and Republicans. Sure. Well, if, you would think they would, right? Well, at first, they, invite, they just asked everybody. So overall, two-thirds of Americans are concerned that they or someone they love will get the coronavirus, period. But when they broke it down by political group, Democrats, 83% are concerned about getting the coronavirus, including 47% who are very concerned. Among Republicans, only 56% are concerned and only 15% are very concerned. Well, I think the – and that's a political poll because they're asking people based on their political party. Isn't that interesting though? Yes, and they ask based on party affiliation and I think Republican folks who are more likely to have greater confidence in a Republican President, President Trump than Democratic folks who are more likely to have not voted for President Trump. Maybe not have trust in the federal government, but certainly now states are involved. Or trust in, those- in him personally. And I, I, I think that since we're doing politics for a moment, yeah. and then we'll get to the sociological impact of, of uh, COVID-19 and private sector and government reactions to the effort to stop this spread of this pandemic. I, I do believe that, uh, and this is not I I am not the guy to offer a criticism, a political criticism or a hacky. I'll do the hacky stuff after this, and I've done it before. I'm serious, actually. <laughs> no, it's not the time to do that. But whomever the president may be, uh, President Trump here in his uh, – at the end of his first term in an election year, if something is not done – about the uh, the social distancing, specifically the closing of businesses, people feeling, as Los Angeles's mayor said, half their city has abandoned them with the closures of restaurants and, and, and other various meeting places of 250 or more people seems to be the magic number. If there's not a solution, uh, the economy will be rocked by it. And no matter what has happened before in terms of President Trump's achievements or progress, or maybe you feel the other way, and a lot of people do, he will be judged on this coronavirus. And and, and I do I do believe uh, and I, that presidencies – Oh, yeah. can be lost on something of this magnitude. Well, and we've Only. never seen anything like this. I mean, the closest thing that can come from this is the Iran hostage situation when Jimmy Carter was president, and he was kind of, he was stuck at the White House negotiating through it and not doing maybe the greatest job, but yeah. he was there, and the optics kept him there, whereas Ronald Reagan was able to go out and uh, campaign all around the country. That's different this time around, because Bernie and Joe Biden are not able to go out and campaign against President Trump. But what I do want to touch on before we move on from this. And I think it's really, I I think it's kind of the, maybe the side conversation that conservatives and progressives are having throughout the country. And that is when we decide, when we see this research or this poll that suggests that the way we're consuming the coronavirus is really largely determined first on our political preference, whether you're a Democrat like you or a Republican like me. I think more so than age, by the way, if you believe this survey. Right. Reflexively, I'm telling my opinion, this is very unfortunate, this survey. 
I, I actually don't think so. But here's why. Let me just kind sure. of drill down to what I think is sure. behind it. I think conservatives, by and large, are more comfortable or more uncomfortable with government overreaching into our lives. And what do you have during this coronavirus? You've said it yourself in conversations that we've had. We have a show of the awesomeness, the huge size yeah. of how big and how controlling government is in our lives. It can control our pocketbook. It can control our emotions. And we're seeing this when it's the response from the, the federal and the local government to this coronavirus that's changing completely the way we live our lives. And conservatives question that and are more uncomfortable with it. Well, the, whereas Democrats, I think, welcome big government and almost look at big at government to provide their safety. Yeah, does that make sense? Uh, it does. As we see the federal government, as we see state governments and state houses and uh, 50 governors dealing with COVID-19 and trying to stop the spread of coronavirus and local governments uh, in New York City, Bill de Blasio, the mayor asked about a curfew. He said everything's on the table uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, mayor Garcetti asked about uh, he, giving an address, and he said, I've heard concerns of full national lockdowns and martial law in the streets. And then I, I expect him to say, but that won't happen. And then he says this. We will have to make decisions in days ahead, but we will never do those in a secret way. I will always talk to you about what's coming the next day and the day after that. Listen to our public health officials at the national and local and state levels. See, that is not a that is not a dismissal of the potential of martial law of a lockdown. We're not panicking. We are not trying to panic. We are simply covering the story and the reactions. Uh, some reactions have been frenzied. Obviously, uh, I went by a, a Walgreens pharmacy yesterday on the way home from the radio station, and I saw a line, Jennifer, yeah. that was blocks long to get into the Walgreens. To to well, people are hoarding and panic buying, and people are afraid that they're not going to get access to the supplies. But I do think just and you know we. Can move on to other to other areas of this but i just think it's interesting why why there's more pushback from conservatives than there are from uh, from democrats and i think the pushback comes from us as conservatives fundamentally hating to see government oversight and overreach into our lives. Conservative political philosophy absolutely would dictate that government intervention uh, at the magnitude we're seeing in some cities and municipalities. We don't trust it. We don't want it. In some states is is just too much. Uh, but uh, but uh, the poll seems to suggest that – and it must be the Trump factor. It must be because it's President Trump who is I, – I Well, th- I think we're just not afraid to get it. I think we think that the, it's an overreaction from the government. Oh. Okay, Dr. Anthony Fauci is a famed immunologist. Dr. Fauci uh, is has been on television a lot lately on the Brian and Jen podcast. I believe this is the first time. Uh, well, it's our first Corona. Well, no, we've done a couple. Yeah, we've done a it's couple. Been a big story. But uh, fully dedicated this uh, podcast to the coronavirus and the reactions, and they are unprecedented uh, for. Um, most American citizens, I would have to believe, certainly for me, I'm 47 and Jennifer's 28. And for her, it is not as well. a day older. Dr. Fauci uh, really gained notoriety internationally in the 1980s when he was responsible for substantial research uh, during the HIV early days of HIV AIDS crisis. And uh, he was testifying before uh Congress or the Senate on Capitol Hill. He's been doing a lot of media on CNN. He talks about social distancing and he talks very specifically about being desirous of people interacting less with other people. There is a sociological consequence to that. We'll take a listen to the doctor and have a 
bit of a conversation about it next. I like it when people are thinking I'm overreacting because that means we're doing it just right. On Friday, Italy reported there were 250 people who died just in a 24-hour period. And according to the New York Times, there's a Seattle-area hospital that sent a memo out saying, quote, our local COVID-19 trajectory is likely to be similar to that of northern Italy. Is that what you're expecting? No, if we do not successfully do what I just said, prevent infections from coming in and dealing with the ones we have, this is a bad virus. Certainly, it is conceivable that if we don't do that, you could get as bad as Italy. But I don't think we're going there if we do the kinds of things that we are publicly saying we need to do. We need to be very serious about for a while, life is not going to be the way it used to be in the United States. We have to just accept that if we want to do what's best for the American public. To that point, in cities all over the country, bars and restaurants have been packed with people. This mm. was the case last night. Right. This was the case in many places in Washington, D.C. And a new study suggests that it's young Americans who aren't really showing the symptoms that could really be spreading this and putting older Americans uh, in jeopardy, more so than we realize. Would you like to see a national lockdown? Basically, yeah. people, you can't go out to restaurants, bars. You need right. to stay home. Well, I would like to see a dramatic diminution of the personal interaction that we see in restaurants and in bars. Whatever it takes to do that, that's what I'd like to see. Okay, that's Dr. Anthony Fauci, who has been testifying before Congress on coronavirus, COVID-19. And uh, the doctor, what he says at the end there is sort of the theme throughout that entire clip from CNN's uh, State of the Union. That's Brianna Keeler substituting for Jake Tapper doing the interview. He's advocating, and I understand why, but ultimately he's advocating for he's he's enthusiastic about the idea that people would be interacting less with other people. I heard on the radio yesterday a report that urged people to get through the day without any personal interaction with another person. That's what they're telling you to do. And I think that I think that that's very uh alienating. It's very, uh, by definition, isolating. It's potentially very, very damaging sociologically to people and emotionally to people. Uh, is it completely necessary? I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but it really, they really, it really should be completely, absolutely necessary to advocate something like this. We live in a society, Jen, you have fun with me all the time because I won't use the self-checkout at the supermarket because I want to interact with a human mm -hmm. and keep that job going. I want to, I, I don't use the, 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 the uh, automatic ATM machine inside the bank, I go to the teller, even if she says to me, use that machine, I say no. But I also think you do that. I mean, I'm not, I don't think I'm talking out of school here. I think you do that because you are craving some interaction because really during the day <laughs> you live in quarantine and I, I don't, I'm not meaning funny, but you like, you, yeah, I do. I you know, you no. kind of like your privacy, you like your space yeah. and I'm not saying that's all bad. It's just the choice that you, that you've made. Yeah. I've just kind of them that way. And, uh, and, and, uh, we do our, so that's your personal interaction time. Well, uh, yes, but not exclusively. But but when you have the government then saying or a doctor saying, I don't I'd li I'd be happy to see people not interacting with other people. Yeah. OK, understand that might be necessary at the time to combat covid-19. But uh, 
my goodness. We it's ta- not long term. We talk about that. cell phones and text messages and how young people today can't have conversations. Well, I thought it was funny. Actually, the president was trying to tout, I mean, not trying, he did tout the power of Facebook, or sorry, FaceTime, so that you can connect with your loved ones without being in the same room. You can see them on video. He was talking about the power of games on your cell phone. So like words with friends, you can play with your grandmother or your aunt who you're trying to stay away from yeah. to keep connected. But I think this is going to be an issue if this goes on for longer than this 15 day period that I think we're all willing to to put everything in, right? To see if we can flatten the curve of coronavirus. I think it is going to have some pretty interesting consequences, severe consequences. A buddy of mine heard that uh, uh, from President Trump. Uh, he likes President Trump, heard about the socialization with the video games and family members, and, and he got a network together. He's playing uh, Mortal Kombat with his grandmother. No. And I said, dude, that's not a good she idea. She probably takes him out, right? Well, I, I, I just said you should really <laughs> not be doing that. Okay. Uh, thank you for joining us. Stay safe. Wash the hands. Now, we're going to tell you, wash the hands in your mind. You sing the happy birthday song, not once. You have to do twice. Twice. Or you can sing uh, I Will Survive, by the way. Gloria Gaynor actually did her own online challenge. You know what? I have a better idea. Which I, I'm all about that. Why don't you sing American Pie by Don McLean? It's about seven or minutes long. Or the Star Spangled Banner. That's long enough. Yeah. Why not? Or Lion Eyes by the Eagles. Eh. It's a long song. You'll be, re- be really clean. <laughs> Stay safe. Thank you for joining us on the Brian and Jen Podcast. It's